This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. So here's the question. In an industry where the rules were written over a century ago and the world of business that we work in keeps changing, how do accountants like us grow our business and its people to their full potentials, stay agile and keep ahead of the game? How do we build scalable businesses, create working cultures no one wants to leave, win new clients, stop trading hours for dollars and establish ourselves as the client's central advisors? That's the question and this show explores the answers. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm on a mission to transform and modernize the accounting industry and help ambitious accountants like yourselves double your revenues, work less hours, and enjoy life even more. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, I really want to drill down on planning and following up from last week's episode around sort of introducing a new term and maybe simplifying the strategic planning process into, you know, really investigating where you want to go, what you want to do, and what's going to block you getting there. So today I really want to talk about and think about one of the biggest blocks that we see and that one that I never really actually focused on too much early in my career because it was just not something that was ever taught, and that's people and the ability to actually plan, first of all, with our teams and not just with our teams, but other people from outside our teams and who's most important and really having an understanding of that. So who's on the bus, if you like, to coin a a phrase that's used a lot. And the second is planning around who's actually going to block us and who may be on our team that perhaps shouldn't be there or, you know, that we haven't actually had hard and difficult conversations with. And this is quite a, you know, quite a block. Quite often when we're planning with people, we'll hear, well, you know, one of our biggest blocks is we don't have the right people or we've had this person all the time and we're losing stuff or whatever that may be. So I want to really, you know, start thinking about the different things that come up and how we might be able to help just have a little bit of a planning around it. So we're not going to hit on the actual how to have difficult conversations today but we're going to actually sort of think about the two elements of people that we see that need to be included in planning. So number one is involving everyone who actually is involved in the plan and seeing what they say and how we actually do this. And secondly, really, you know, starting to plan on particularly going into 2021, if you're listening to this late 2020, who should or should not be in the team. So this is particularly important, I know from experience and taking the hard knocks on this is that if you have people who really, even if they're great at what their job is, that they can get in the way of planning and actually disrupt it completely. And it's not that they're bad people or you're a bad person. It's just that maybe they're not the right type. And then particularly toxic people who don't want to actually have that. So how can we plan to maybe get them off the bus and why it's so important to do it. So let's start with the first one. And that's actually, you know, once you've got a really clear idea of what it is that you want to do, how do you then involve the people in it? 
And I think this is one thing that we've really missed sometimes, you know, in most workplaces. And it's kind of also, you know, I think, you know, I've, I've experienced too in my family as well. You know, we'll have these grand plans for the kids. And then, you know, when we start to involve them, they don't want to, don't want to do it. Or perhaps it, it wasn't quite on their things, particularly as my kids have got older now. So it's the same with teams because people need to actually be involved in the processing. So, you know, we've had coined things of, you know, how do we get buy-in? How you get buy-in is actually involve people in the planning process. And there's two ways to do this. First of all, to actually think about it in planning and see where and not you can. And then the other alternative, which is the really brave one, is to actually you know, when you're actually setting up plans for your next year, actually involved in team to do that. And how do you actually construct that type of conversation so you, that you can keep it within control as well? So I think for me, this is such a big, big play because as you all know, I've been, you know, had big businesses and small businesses. And particularly when we're in the bigger businesses, we just made these plans sort of up in the hierarchy, if you like, that had no relevance or no buy-in from down below. And at the end of the day, it's the actual team of people that you have, whether they be one or two people or 150 people, that actually need to execute the plans. So they need to have clarity in the plans and they need to actually have sorry to use that word again, but buy-in to it. And the easiest and most effective way to get buy-in is to actually involve them in the build. So that means actually having facilitated meetings around the ideas, understanding where your gaps are, which came up in the investigate, and then really asking questions as to how that they could think of it. Then also having, you know, meetings with rules and we'll delve down on that a little later on in the series, but, you know, how do you actually bring them in? But the first step, you know, something simple that you might be able to take away from here, if you're thinking of 2021 or whatever year you might be going into or even if it's a quarter, you know, ask people, you know, what do you think about this? How do you think this would work? And also then frame that up to make it very clear that it's not a decision that you just sort of you know, having conversations. And the more conversations that we have, you know, with our teams about this, the more that they will feel valued and involved. Even those people who don't, you know, I, I hear it often when we're working in accounting firms, oh, you'll never get them to speak or whatever that is the case. Everyone has really good thoughts of how to make their every day better. So if we can make everyone's every day better, and more efficient and, you know, run through sort of the renovate processes with people, we don't start any of that until we actually understand what would improve their every day. And that's why we can get such great success in the second stage of the programs because people, if they really, really want to get involved and they know that they've helped build it, will get involved. And then if they don't, you know where the blocks are going to be. So that's super important. This is such a key element of our programs and when I started really back in my day when I actually flipped to business advisory in inverted commas as opposed to tax, you know, when I was talking to clients, they really wanted staff engagement in their strategies and was one of the biggest blocks. So I had to go out and find a solution to that. 
And to this day, you know, sometimes I think what makes it so powerful and what is the most frustrating element of our programs, but what makes it so powerful and what is the, you know, discomfort that our clients go through and us ourselves as well. And this is this involvement in team, in the planning and then in any kind of change and behavior change that needs to happen. And it's just the superpower and I can't tell you how much. So we'd love to have conversations around this and how you might be able to do this yourself within your businesses. But in the short term, you know, take those couple of tips that I gave you and just start having those conversations. So the next element, number two, is that occasionally and quite, well, actually, no, you know what? It's more than occasionally. Let's be honest here. We see, and I've had this so much in my career as well, having the wrong people on the bus. And it might not just mean from a technical point of view or anything, they're just even the personality types that you might have. And I'm talking really from a personal experiences here of sometimes you do have toxic people in your businesses that get in the way of planning. So if you are planning, and one of the things I would love to ask to go away today and think about it is ask this, if I'm sitting here in 2021, at the same time in the year, is there anyone that I don't want there with me? And I want you to be super honest about that if you can. Now, this is nothing against the individuals that we're talking about. It's that sometimes we allow people who don't suit either suit us or suit the business to really dominate. And it's not even that they're getting in the way of production or anything. They could be getting in the way of your energy. They could be sucking your energy. They could be spent, you could be spending lots of time around not having to deal with it doesn't even necessarily mean it's a staff member there could be clients as well or any individual person so this is something that I've struggled with a lot in my life because you know we're taught is that and I'm not talking about people who you don't necessarily get on and and you wouldn't have over for your barbecue but these are people that perhaps you don't respect or just take a lot of energy. So if you're feeling, everyone's feeling a bit fatigued at the moment as we come towards the end of 2020. And I think it's time to acknowledge that sometimes it's actually people in our lives who give us that fatigue. So one of the big elements that I always work through now, and this has taken me a long time to get to, but I want to be honest here, is that some times some of the people that we have around us actually drain our energy and get away from our plans. They could also be styles of people who actually disrupt our thoughts and where we should be going and who make us question ourselves. So if any, I'm talking about anybody who, if you say they come in a room or you get an email from them or you've got a telephone call, you look at your phone, you go, oh, not again, or oh, dear me, that's just, I'm feeling tired. I'm talking about those sort of people. You know who they are. So what I want you to think about when you're planning is obviously takes a lot of frame and, and to have difficult conversations is are these the right people on a bus? So I'm going to give a bit of an example that I had the other day is where we've been working, you know, and I see this quite often in various forms, but I always like to tell a bit of a story is that we're working with a client strategically and have been working for a number of years and there's this constant name coming up all the time and two or three staff members have actually left over the time because of this particular person and 
when I'm hearing that, I'm going, okay, it's time. It's time to have the, the difficult conversations. It's time for us to plan around that. And then if you're hearing things come up like, oh, but they're really good at their job, they have good relationships with some clients, et cetera, et cetera, you know that the, the styles of persons that I'm talking about. This particular one, the person that I'm thinking about right now, and as I said, this is just an example, you know, somebody did then say, yeah, when I started back here in 2008, a couple of people left who said something. So this is like a long style of, you know, this has been going on for about 12 years. Now, the reason why I'm using this particular example because of the longevity of it is that having difficult conversations and actually managing people actually take a fairly short period of time compared to 12 years, if you like. And sometimes getting us to have safe conversations, in difficult conversations, if you like, we aren't trained for this and we don't actually plan for it. So when it actually does happen, it can be quite dramatic. So, and we don't want that because these are, everyone's human and we don't, we want to be so kind when we do have difficult conversations. But I can tell you it's kinder on ourselves and it's kinder on the people involved to have difficult conversations and actually start planning exits or whatever that might be for everybody involved because usually the, that person's not 100% happy either. Otherwise, you know, the toxicity and stuff wouldn't, wouldn't have happened and sometimes actually leaving can open up other opportunities that may not be here. So what I want you to consider from this, and again, it's an example, you know, I'll use myself as an example here. As I've gone, got a bit older, if you like, or more experienced, I know that the most effective and efficient thing to do is to have difficult conversations way before we get to the 12-year mark. And some of the examples are if you've got new staff members that you just have that inkling that they're not going to turn out, you know, have difficult conversations or have those conversations then and there. So we need to start planning for it. And why we actually need to plan for it is sometimes we aren't taught the skills to have conversations and we're not taught the safety of having those sort of conversations. And how do we actually make everyone feel as safe as we can in these meetings? So that does take planning. And it's super, super important. And this doesn't include just staff or teams. It includes suppliers uh, and particularly includes clients as well. One of the overwhelming things that I'm concerned about right now is our health and getting off the hamster wheel and how we can plan for it. And if you've got clients that are really keeping you in that spin, sometimes it's much easier to have conversations with them. Sometimes they don't even know they're keeping you in that spin and this is the way to stop that. If you've got clients that are ringing you all the time at all hours of the night and making you more and more fatigued, this is the time to start thinking about how we can actually plan around getting rid of some of them. So in the short term, because it does take planning and training to get very safer in conversations, also, you know, one of the tips that I could give you is if you do have to have a conversation that's a little bit uncomfortable, say it. Say something like, hey, Joe, don't know who Joe is, but let's use their name. Hey, Joe, look, I really want to have a what I think is a quite a difficult conversation and it's super important that we have it. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I might stuff it up a bit. Is that okay that we have it? So then you're actually saying that you're feeling a bit uncomfortable. Having difficult conversations or conversations that need to be had 
it's better to have a bad conversation sometimes than actually not having the conversation because it can actually make things worse. So think about that. Try to use that frame. Actually be a little bit vulnerable and say, I don't know where this is going. Therefore, that person can then feel comfortable in it if you do have to have a conversation fairly quickly. The other thing is, um, we'll put a link in the show notes, is back to one of our early episodes on difficult conversations. Interestingly, it is our most popular conversation piece. So that's when we do give you some tips and tricks around that. We'll have that particular episode in the training. But I can tell you, having difficult conversations and having them as quick as you can with planning, and it's very important, this is why it's in this particular episode around planning and the people planning, is the one of the most efficient and effective ways that you can start, you know, really getting a bit more balance in your life as well. Because as Brene Brown says, it takes approximately eight seconds to get over the uncomfortableness in the actual initial conversation. But some of not having these conversations can take a lot, a lot more time more and also your health as well. So I hope that helps. So just to summarize it in one if you are planning and you and you do want to no matter how grand or how small if somebody else is involved in it involve them in it even if it's a simple conversation and secondly when you are planning and investigating down really think about what the blocks are and quite often they'll be people so we need to actually have a look at that and see and plan to have difficult conversations as necessary I hope you found that helpful and again it's probably one of the most uncomfortable aspects of planning and investigating where you want to go and what you want to do is the people side of it that's what makes it so exciting and if you can get this part right I know that plans are much more easily executed and achieved the more people you have on board the more people can help you accelerate your plans going forward I know this from experience I've really worked hard to get the right people on our bus and that's sometimes super uncomfortable but I do know from a fact the more you include people and the more you have the right people the more you will achieve. So as usual both of my usual sign outs are so relevant for this topic. Be brave and continue the conversations. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.